What do Kid Rock, Bon Jovi, Hank Williams Jr., Martina McBride, Keith Urban, Toby Keith, Dave Matthews, Three Doors Down, Velvet Revolver, Jewel, Bobby Brown, Cisco, Winona Judd, Richie Sambora, George Clinton, and many, many more all have in common? Well, Jerry Navarro, our guest for this episode, bassist, producer, and composer extraordinaire, has worked with all of these amazing artists. He's got quite the story and wants to tell you all about it right here on The Career Musician. Go for it, man. <laughs> Jerry Navarro, welcome to the Career Musician Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Me. Woohoo. <laughs> All right, man. Dude. You, bro. I yeah. mean, same here. For, for those of you who don't know, it might be for, for the listeners or viewers, it might be a little bit of a love fest because we haven't seen each other in so many years. <laughs> a little bit of a love fest. I like that, man. That's good. Do I look okay? Can you see me, man? <laughs> you look great, man. And speaking of looking great, I just have to compliment you on this freaking picture on your website. Uh, oh, oh, my tell me, man. gosh. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Bro, what a badass picture that is. Dude. That's funny, man. I'm just trying to uh, join your ranks, man. Like with, uh, you know, social media it used to be that we just jump in the van and go get a gig, gig to gig, right? And, you know, let the hair out, see me on stage. But now they want to see pictures, man. So, you know. <laughs> and that is anyway. so true, isn't it? So I'm looking at the picture now. And actually, when we post this episode on YouTube and on socials, I'm going to make sure to use this picture, if that's okay. Yeah, man. yeah absolutely. That's why it's there, you know. <laughs> Great. Great. Because it's so badass. You just, you know what you look like? You That's look like a Mexican drug lord bass player. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. If, if the cartel like had it. like, you know, a, a musician, you know, department in it, you would yeah, be that yeah. guy. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. I'm okay. still like wearing suits on the gig and. The hair does come out, and yeah, man, we do whatever we got to do to make the gig happen. It feels good sometimes, too, right? It's like it's cool, so. It does. I still have fun doing it, so it's all good. <laughs> it does, and forgive me, man. I'm, I'm just joking around about that uh, cartel stuff. I watch too, hey. uh, too much uh, Narcos on Netflix. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. That's all right, man. That's all right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, man. Okay, so so great to see you. First of all, there's so much stuff to talk about. Uh, again, uh, the website, folks. If you know uh, Jerry Navarro, uh, two R's, J E R R Y Navarro, N A V A R R O dot com. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's right. So go there. I got my iced coffee with some almond milk. Which oh, is nice, man. I got this. Well, mine's hot, but it's uh, wheatgrass coffee. It's like a you know substitute. Good, uh, you know, for us aging musicians, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. I think <laughs> you and I are, are both around the same age, I think. Probably the same age, man. But, you know, to add to the love fest, I mean, when you uh, I got the emails and calls of micro, Micropole, dang, yeah. I immediately started thinking about, I think it was maybe Martinis back in Nashville. Was that the name of the club where we played with Chris Blizzard? Chris Blizzard. Maybe the singer. You were the band leader, I believe, and I'm pretty sure you were. And uh -huh. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, we always kicking some butt. I mean, you know, you had, you had the long hair. John Santos was with us playing, you know, percussion. And that's right, man. It was just always a good time. So you know, I, I my mind immediately went back to those good times and how we used to just like get on 
no matter what size the stage was, man, big or small, I mean, always bringing it, always like always. hear the the heart, the sound, everything. It was, it was it's just it was a good time, man, all the time. So <laughs> exactly, man. I gotta set the stage for everybody listening. So I moved to Nashville in 1997, okay. and I was there until 2005 when I came out here to LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jerry and I met through a mutual friend, uh, John Santos, like you just mentioned, uh, r- ridiculous percussionist from Cuba, uh, and dear friend of ours. And then I guess, like you said, we were on the circuit. What was cool about Nashville, and I don't know how it is now. I know you left since, and I want to hear all about it. Um, oh, yeah. What was cool about Nashville when we were there in our heyday, we were playing kind of everything but country. We were doing all the jazz, all the R&B all the Latin stuff, all the funk stuff, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. pop stuff. Yeah, and man. There was a good scene for that. It really was. It really was. And it had the players. I mean, you were there. You, you, John Santos, like the crazy thing was that nobody was from Nashville. Everybody came from somewhere else. And it was such a small town at the time that it allowed us to run into each other, I think, and and start playing in these circuits and all that good stuff. But yeah, man, I look at all those times, you know, some of it cutting teeth time, a lot of it, good times, you know, and growth, man, nothing but growth. Cause even though we had a job to do and we're getting paid, whatever, getting paid, it was always school, man, especially you, you're bad mofo on, on the guitar, man. So in a composer, you know, you always brought the songs that had the serious changes, things you had to make you think, you know, it's like, that's not your normal Nashville, Tennessee, USA kind of gig, you know. So right. I think that's what was cool about maybe what we did. And I don't think a lot of uh, – there wasn't a lot of people doing it either, man. You know, That's right. Uh, you know, that's when we when I started the whole uh, New Soul thing, the jam yeah, band did. thing. Sure did. Yeah, yeah. and we, w- we would just show up at a gig, and it was just, I would just book a gig and be like, all right, guys, I have five or six people coming in to play, and we're just going to jam. There was no structure. You know, mm-hmm. we would just put, yeah. I might hand out a few charts, but then, you know, yeah, yeah. that was fun. A few hymnals, but no, yeah. it, was, it was all good, man. It's good stuff. You know, that beautiful music. Good. You always wrote, you, know, you probably still do write beautiful music. So, not, you know, it's all good. <laughs> Thank you so much. And right back at you, bro. What I loved about Jerry uh, for early on, and you got to picture this. So again, uh, Nashville in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, it was bran- really branching out into those different genres that I mentioned. And Jerry was the guy that would literally, no matter what the gig was, like he, like you just said, if the gig paid 50 bucks and we were just there to jam, or if it paid, you know, three, four, 500 bucks and it was more serious, you always brought the same rig. You would bring a killer Fender electric bass mm-hmm. and you would bring your upright no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, you just, it was ingrained into you. And that's a, to me, that's a form of work ethic that, yeah. you know, that you yeah. can't, it's either you do it or you don't. And you did it every time. Yeah, man. Well, you know, like you said, that if, if this is, I guess, pertinent only to Nashville, maybe even only at the time that we were doing our stuff there, mm-hmm. uh, you just never knew when you're going to get called for a session or uh, be checking, you know, getting checked out for a gig that needed you to be on doubles. Right. I remember you always on your, your nylon guitar and your electric guitar. That's right. So, I mean, at least in Nashville, there was always producers and other artists and stuff. But, oh man, that dude 
brought his upright and he brought all oh, and he and electric. Oh, and he's got this too. Oh, dang. Okay. So it's just kind of like job security. If you're going to be serious about being a musician, I guess it's like, bring your tools to the gig, man. You know, like all the time. Cause I, I didn't feel comfortable without bringing my upright. It wasn't that the, the, the boss asked me or didn't ask me. I love playing my, I still love playing my upright. Like I felt naked if I didn't bring it, you know, along with, the electric so it's like it ain't no skin off my back man it's part of the gig you know <laughs> right right and see that's that's so dope that's a beautiful thing so all you bass players out there listening if you ever get tired of schlepping all that gear you know what don't stop schlepping it don't stop because people will notice right get get a wheel for the acoustic bass and put the electric on your back maybe if you need two electrics to do the double bag on your back and then you carry the small amp in your right hand, and then you're drinking your left hand. You're good to go, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You got that down to a science, bro. Science, man. You know, science. I still do it. You know, I'm at 45 years old now, but I'm still doing it. And a, a, an old teacher here in uh, um, Nashville, he's long gone now, unfortunately, but a guy named uh, Charles Dungy, he's a bass player. Yeah. And Charles, you know, he played with like the Rat Pack and, you know, New York Cat. All He was from Nashville, Tennessee, but, you know, uh, played with Phineas Newborn, you know, Heavy Jazz Cat. That was one of my upright teachers. But one of the lessons was actually like, boy, you're never going to get get around New York, you know, carrying that upright. You got to get yourself a wheel. That was literally one of the lessons. So I, I always have a wheel on my upright, man. Always. I popped a wheel in there. It's really easy. You put it on your shoulder and, and you walk. You don't even have to hold it. That's what I mean. It's like it's easier than having a, an, uh, you know, uh, something yeah. on your back. You know what I mean? One, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's just no weight. There's no weight. I put, the you know, the base in the bag. I put the wheel on. I lean it on my shoulder and I walk. So the, the more weight comes from my electric. And that's why I can carry a small, like, Underwood type, you know, single 12 or 10 or whatever for the club you know, kind of amp and then, you know, your other hands free to do whatever. So yeah, man, it's, you got your, you got your old fashioned in the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> Get in 10 minutes for the gig split five minutes after. <laughs> now that is spoken like a true gig head right there, man. That is, that is a person, a musician with experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if we paid a little more, I'd be there an hour early, you know. <laughs> right, that's right. That's no, right. no, it's it's I should I you know, you gotta take that with a grain of salt and then sometimes it's serious. It it really it's like job to job. You just we've worked for ourselves, right? I mean essentially we're kinda uh sub hired contractors, so I feel like, you know, I guess for all the musicians out there, if I had anything to say, don't me don't be mad at, at the bandmate next to you if he negotiated a higher rate you know if he talked to the band leader and go yo bro i know it's your gig and whatever whatever but this is what i like and you can either say yes or you can say no you know and but you got to be ready for them to say no and you'll probably get a lot of no's mm -hmm. before you get that yes but when you get that yes you'll be cool you'll be like cool i got the hotel i want I got the money I want. I got my per diem bread that I want. I got my personal car that I want. I got my masseuse for, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever you want, I guess, depending on the level of the gig, you know, right. if, if the budget is there, 
and you didn't ask, shame on you, man. You know, so that's kind of what I figure. <laughs> and I'm, 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 first of all, okay, there's a lot to unpack there. So let's do this. I, I'm, first of all, I'm so glad you went there because these are things that are, are um, of utmost importance to everybody. Musician, right? That's right. And oftentimes <laughs> people are scared to talk about them. Not me. You you know me. I was the friend. And you're the same way. You and me were always about business. Hey, bro, what what's the gig pain? Let's hold on. Let's talk business. Let's talk to the manager. Who's the manager? Yeah. Let me let me get their info. Let's talk, you know, because you yeah. can get excited, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't meet your criteria, then there's nothing to get excited about. Because yeah. if you're just getting by, then what good is that for you, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, go oh, ahead. Yeah, sorry, man. Oh yeah, no. Well, what you just said a couple things that I, that I really like. Uh, first of all, I want to start with this concept. You said, you know, if the if the musician next to you negotiated a better rate. Uh, there's an old, uh, and I don't know if it's true, but there's like an old wives' tale about the Bob Dylan <laughs> scene when. Oh, wow. Yeah, he he hired you know the band and and the the guitar player and the drummer would talk and he's like oh you know well, what do you, yeah what do you make a week now by the way I don't I sh I believe you shouldn't talk about your salary with other bandmates first of all yeah right? I think yeah. that's yeah I agree with that yeah but the the old the old proverb if you will the old wives tale goes that uh, the drummer and the guitar player were talking and, and the guitar yeah I, well you know I got like five grand a week and the drummer was like ah oh, I got twenty five a week you know yeah. <laughs> and he was like. <laughs> was and, and, you know, and the whole Bob Dylan thing was, well, well, why did and he, and he, he went back to Bob Dylan? Well, how come so and so got twenty five? And he goes, because he asked me for it. Wow! See, oh, oh there it is. <laughs> there it is. I mean, that's it, dude. That's that's the knowledge dropped heavy. Oh. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, yeah, that's that's uh, mic drop, guitar drop, bass drop. It's <laughs> like feed your kids drop, man. You, you know? yeah. Right? You start thinking about that. It's like okay, twenty five. Yeah. yeah. 
right? But that's all real talk, man. I mean, this is the career musician podcast. How did we get? How did you get to where you got eight million guitars hanging all around your room? Man? You don't get like that by not being a career musician. You know what I mean? So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Good. All right. So, so, so getting back to you. Thank you, man. I love this. I love this. All right. So on your website, you have some really great information. You got out to Nashville, by the way, what prompted you to get to Nashville? You're not a native of Nashville, are you? No, actually, funny enough, Southern California, Ventura County, Oxnard, Port Wainimi. So I grew up in right. LA area. Some of my best friends that check this, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. But so you know, in your formative years when I, I hadn't left anywhere, I'm growing up, you know, born and raised in Oxnard, California. Uh, and it's right in between Santa Barbara and LA, you know, like 20, 30 miles in between, you know, yep. all that. So, you know, beautiful. I, I still you miss know, it. I, miss I have a friend who just bought a place in Port Wainimi. Love it. It's that's, great. yeah, man. 1864 7th Street. That's, that's <laughs> me. Port Wainimi, California, you know. So that was my home address. Anyway. <laughs> Mama's still there. Don't bother her. She's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but, man, I, I grew up playing with some really killer, like, Latin jazz musicians. I, I learned how to play jazz, unbeknownst to me, through Latin jazz, because I thought they were Latin tunes, you know, and it was uh, uh, the Strata Brothers were one of the big, uh, I guess, Latin jazz people. They were playing with, like, Cal Jader and stuff up and down the coast. And the son, uh, Cougar Estrada, plays drums, and he was with Los Lobos for a while. Oh, wow. So, and then the other guy that I used to grew up playing with out there, uh, Adolfo Acosta, still has the second uh, seat in Tower of Power, a trumpet player. And we used to play, you know, this place called the Seacove Cafe in, in uh, Santa Barbara, California, just playing, you know, Latin jazz. I'm, I'm a kid, man. I'm like, this 17, 18, you know, getting rides to, you know, to the gigs, cutting your teeth, the whole thing. But I mean, that, that was the beginning caliber of the people I was starting to play with in, in uh, California, but I decided to leave funny enough uh, because of the, uh, there's this, I see if he's around there. So this guy named Matthew Greif, he was in the California guitar trio teaching at a USC at the time. And, uh, Ventura College. He was my private instructor. He was actually from Nashville, Tennessee. And he was, he was I was in Ventura College for three years, you know, after high school. And he's like, man, you shouldn't finish your last year. He goes, you should actually travel, go somewhere, study with somebody else. Because the degree is going to be the degree. He goes, go someplace else where maybe you can get into a new scene, meet new people, start a network with different people. And he mentioned uh, Belmont University for me to finish my studies there. And then um, his mom was like the uh, fiddle player in Hee Haw, something like that. So there was that Nashville, you know, connection. And I had another friend, a guy named a really good friend of mine, still a great friend here in Nashville or in Nashville, Steve Spittle. Uh, owned like a sound and lighting company in Ventura, California, played in bands and all this. But this was the late 80s, early 90s. He moved to Nashville. And there was one of those times where there's there's stories of where you can like move to town with your bass or your guitar or whatever, find a gig in a week or two and be on a bus. And that was that dude. Like he was here, you know, moved here with nothing, 
network with a few people and just the local coffee shops found out needed a bass player for his first gig was this uh, country artist named Stephanie Bentley. And then he called me like a few weeks later, Jerry, it's hot here. Like it's happening. You should come down. I said, where, you know, wow. uh, Nashville. Oh, you're like the second person to mention this place. Okay. Maybe I should go check it out. So school really brought me to Nashville. So I came to learn. That's why like, I appreciate playing with people like you and all these other, like, man, there was people don't realize that I can't say that maybe still today, I don't know, but during the time that, you know, almost 30 years that I got to be there, man, so many killer players that you can learn from and jam with and be on sessions with and go to their house and hang with and learn from like it was just a place to like just get your head knocked inside and out it wasn't a huge city yet so everyone was still cool with like hanging and whatever that's right and and that was cool that's really why why i went there um what i went for ended up getting uh, schooled in the business and learning about it and and getting called to do things, you know, that's what really was number one was school and learning, honestly, man, because it was always like, hey, the more you know, the the more gigs you're going to get, you know, the the more styles of music, you know, the more gigs you're going to get, the the more stuff you can read, you know, read that upside down, read it sideways, read treble clef, read bass clef, read tenor clef, read numbers, read, I don't care, look at a lyric sheet and be able to come up with chords, like, just Right. You know, you're going to be a musician, be one. You know, that was the attitude, you know. <laughs> right there. That's the clip. That's the clip. That's going to be your quote on social media. That's it right there. Eric, I'm going to call this out to Eric G, our operations manager and editor. Make sure you grab that one, G, because that was the clip. <laughs> you can say that again. You can, If you're going to be a musician, be one. No, everything. That's it, man. I mean, you asked the question, how did you get to Nashville? It's because I wanted to be a musician. Like, I was willing to leave beautiful, beautiful (laughs) Oxnard, Ventura, California, Southern California area, man. I mean, it's still beautiful. I still yearn. I beach bum. I grew up surfing and all that. I mean, come on, man. There's nothing wrong with California. No, it's I just so happened to do my thing in Nashville, man. You know, so there it is, but. Yeah, yeah, just be, and we still continue to be one, man, that, that you know, <laughs> quote, if you're going to be a musician, then be one. I mean, it, it's never stopped, man. It's like, it's an everyday hustle almost, you know, but I do it uh, gladly now. After a certain while, I think, at least for me, um, you get to a certain point to the mountain where you've seen all these certain things, and then you, you kind of get this wisdom, I guess, right? That's it. And then it's like, you know this ain't no competition. Everyone's cool. Everyone can play like at this level, at this level. That's if, if we're talking, then you're here. We're talking because you can play now, how you play and what you play. That's up to the gig of the art. It don't matter, man. Ain't no competition here. Ain't no competition. Ah. You know, I love that. I mean, that's the whole impetus for me doing the career musician, because I want to show the next generation coming up. Stop competing with one another. Stop competing with yourself. Stop hating on each other. Stop bragging. Stop, you know, putting each other down. None of that bullshit is necessary. I don't like it, man. I don't do gigs with other people. I've actually split really good gigs because of that kind of attitude. I mean, and again, you got to be. 
yep. you know, have the, the cojones to do it. If you're going to believe in something, you better believe in it. Right. And when you call it, you better do it. You know, hey, like, hey, well, dude, that's something else you said. I wanted to unpack. Yeah. You said you have to be willing to walk away. And that's something I always say. I say, here's here's negotiating. You can sit there and negotiate and go back and forth, but you're really not negotiating until yeah. you are willing to walk away. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly, man. Exactly. And as you can understand, I guess it depends on now as you know, we get older, look at the wisdom thing, I guess. So there's a period of your life where you need to learn. You have to get schooled. You're young. You're 19, you're 25, you're, maybe you're 30, cool. Maybe you think you know everything, but man, I didn't at 30. I thought I did, but there was still a whole lot more to learn, you know? So it's cool. 35 comes around, 40 comes around. You know, it's like, guess what? The career musician thing just happened. And if you blink, you know, you'll miss it, man. So enjoy every moment of it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Bro, so true. Let, let me tell you something. I divulge this to my audience because I want them to know, and I'm proud of it. And like, I don't care. I'm 49, so wow. I'm, you don't look it, man. Oh, you, thank you, man. <laughs> so I'm getting close to 50, and it's like you said. You just mentioned those milestones. Uh, 30, you think, ah, oh, I got my shit together. I know, I I'm set. And then you realize by 35, you're like, wait a minute, maybe I don't have it all together. And then, yeah, and yeah. then 40, you're like, oh, I really don't have any of it together. I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you yeah. say, you start to slow down because you've seen them. You can look at the, from the top of the mountain and you see it all. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's basically it. Such beautiful words of wisdom, Jerry. <laughs> that's what happens when you start getting older, I guess, right? <laughs> thank you for sharing with the community man they need to hear it so listen, um, yeah there's something on your resume that is so huge and i want to talk about it in 2002 sure. jerry became a core member and bassist for pit boss of music mafia <laughs> break that down for us man because that was a huge movement so please you know enlighten yeah i mean music mafia we're talking about uh and you heard it in the intro jerry has credits you know kid rock bon jovi hank williams jr martina mcbride keith urban toby keith dave matthews i mean the list goes on so please break this down my goodness <laughs> is that what i did <laughs> see don't blink man <laughs> and, and i only got a quarter of the way through the list bro there's still 75 yeah. percent more to go yeah, there's there's more. There's definitely more. And there's probably more that's not even written down. But I, I will explain. And actually, it's <clears throat> this is something that's near and dear to my heart. And I'll, I'll give you step two. But that's why I'm in Indiana. And that's what I'm doing, what I'm doing currently. But I'll start with the music mafia. And I'll have to say that, you know, just maybe a, a man, I may have gotten a little spoiled by the experience. Mm -hmm. of being in the music mafia because you know i moved to nashville <clears throat> uh, about you know late 95 96 this happened you know early 2000s so i i was tail end of school going to school I was also going to this place called the nashville jazz workshop i was actually like their founding bass player so like man i was i never stopped learning when i was on the road I, with some country act i'd get off the road go to the jazz school like wow. just never stopped learning anyways a lot of great stuff happening, but uh, I never really got so from school to this 
around town scene, you know, getting called for all the local, you know, wedding stuff. Jerry plays upright and like you can hire from the cocktail hour and then you could do the band night and I'm there for seven hours and get paid three times as much. You know, it's all good, man. Either way, this the Anyways, that's right. And you were putting the bands together as well. So you, you yeah. were emceeing and the whole thing. Yeah, love I mean, it. All that fun stuff. Everything you know how to do very well, too, man. So all good. But so then it went from there. This music mafia outfit, I have to explain, was a group of uh, two or three artists that had had record deals. That's very important to understand that they had had the deal that everybody wants to seek out as far as an artist goes, like one was signed to Sony another to Warner and the other universal. Mm -hmm. And uh, long story short with that, they've, you know, deal one turns into deal two and they get disenchanted with the business and things happen. They lose money, lose their house, whatever things happen. It's crazy. Just horrible stuff that, you know, happens or used to happen. They banded together. These artists say, you know what? We're not going to let this happen anymore we're, you know we're going to find people that want to do it our way and i'll fast forward really quick to yes there's a book out there on amazon music mafia the music from the music scene to the mainstream i think is what it's called so we really did change the way music business was done for a short period of time in nashville enough to where it actually spawned a book and you know people wrote about it rolling stone magazine the whole bit because Basically, it was, it's everything that I guess we're all, you, you're probably teaching and everyone preaches about just being your own boss online with your career and all that kind of stuff. The Music Mafia did it together old school before um, social media got huge. Mm -hmm. uh, like there was one band, I was a pit boss, which meant I was in one band that provided music for 12 different artists. So, you know, we had to learn hundreds of songs, man. You know, that, so that's what it meant to be like a pit boss. And the more artists that they got on to the roster, it wasn't like they hired more bands. They just told us, learn more songs. So that's where like the, the jazz stuff or writing charts quickly or really just remembering the songs in any key. Because you never know. No. Artists could not feel good one night in Colorado and then have to change a key when they go to a dry climate in, you know, Utah or something. And it's, yeah. you know, but we lost a lot of players that got vetted into the band that way because it couldn't change keys on the fly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, hold, pause there. Pause there. I, yeah. I love this, but what you just said is so important. Um, you said that singers, artists, if they go to change climates and go to a drier climate, they might have to change the key. They might have to bring the key down a little bit. They can't hit those high notes or whatever. And then the, the musicians who were vetted that couldn't keep up with that on the fly didn't make it folks listen to what jerry just said that is huge man they didn't make it to the point where management was okay with flying them home that minute i mean that minute 
Come on, bro. That's real deal career and then, shit. And then about an hour later, a new cat from Nashville came in that had it together. And that cat is the one that asked for the private jet, the big money. And I want to sleep in my own bed tonight. So after the show, I'm splitting. That's that dude, you know? See? Or what side of the table you want to be on, man? <laughs> dude, come on. This is the real deal. I love this. I love it. Okay, okay. Keep going. Keep so, going. Sorry. The music mafia kept vetting people that way. And it was myself. And you remember Dee Dee Holt? Yes. Uh, the drummer, organist, you know? Love more, you. you know, yep. gospel cat. This guy named Sean Smith on guitar. Mm. This cat named Max on sax. Who Max? Max Abrams. He, yeah, Abrams. He's actually currently with uh, what was it? Nah, I can't remember his name. Huge. Is it like, Dave, Dave Matthews? No. No, it's like Los Lobos, but man, I'm I'm. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Big old red Cadillac, Cuban, Latin dude. I'm totally Cuban, popping his name. Yes, right. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't. Singer cat. <laughs> <laughs> anyways you know a, a killer artist you know anyways so you know, um I, I got to play with a core group of like hardcore musicians that were also into studying and bettering themselves and and we treated the artist music that way too mm -hmm. and they kept paying us to do more like they paid us for rehearsals they paid us for and and you know so it's a long story but long story short man they eventually hired us like salary with extra pay like hey here's your salary for you to not do what you're doing in town because we're going to need you for rehearsals for this artist and the radio show over here and we're going to fly you there you know like and man they had it all together to the point where like my first gigs with them they they bought the bus they didn't lease it or you know they got the uh driver was on salary you know like so they the artists can be the boss and they yeah. they devised a way to pack um the venue before we even got there you know they had street teams and stuff like that at local colleges you know things you had to do before the internet you know oh, what I mean? yeah so they but, so they had you on retainer that's a beautiful thing retainer plus get this man it was like retainer just so we wouldn't take any other shows right first of all they did, and then they paid for the shows and then they paid everything else was all a cart because especially Didi especially was like he was like bro look you know you know the argument man and this is for any musician like bro you know i'm playing with so-and-so i'm doing this i'm studio that you gotta pay me fat to even think about what you're offering right and they go okay what's that number and Didi's like it needs to be like this and they're like, okay, well, it's got to be like that for everyone. Does everyone feel the same way? Yeah, if you want us to like, like just clear our calendar and be ready for whatever you got, it's going to take like we're working every day for sure. And and they did that, man. They stepped, the artists put together, you know, their funds uh, to make that happen. And in the end, it was about 10 to 12 years of my life that, that, uh, oh. uh, uh, organization got up to about 28 million dollars a year on its own pre-record deal or anything anything wow. and then after they decided to get record deals here's 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 the deal with the devil you know it was like the devil being you know whatever the record labels are like hey if you want to know how to turn that 28 million into 280 million <laughs> you know sign with this and that and then they broke it apart you know but we had our sal we had 401ks, man. We had insurance plans. We had 
it felt like an actual career. It felt like a job, you know, for about, again, 10 or 12 years. And then after that, Beautiful. you know, we got hired by the label, mm-hmm. uh, got paid as like a normal musician per gig. And it, it slapped down, I think at the time, you know, uh, t- early 2010, like, you know, four or 500 bucks a gig. And we're like, what? You kidding me? And everyone else is like, man, that's what it's been for a long time. And then I think it's gotten even less now. I've heard 250, 200, 3, 350, if you're lucky, you know, per diem, no per diem, vans. You, you just never know, man, you know, in this day and age. It, but yeah, so it's changed. It's changed. But that whole music mafia thing was really just about artists banding and, you know, putting the finger up to the man, taking care of everybody around him and everyone won. Everybody won until everyone got too greedy or wanted more. You know, it's like, but if, if you get to the point where you're cool, you got everything you need and you, you, you can think of something that you want, you can go get it. You're cool, man. You cool. don't want for anything more. Yeah, <laughs> like don't, yeah cool. don't rock the boat. You have to have the wherewithal to understand <laughs> Yeah, when yeah, you are yeah. that cool, when you're that set to realize how fortunate you are, how blessed you are and be like, you know what? Yeah. Hey, I'm grateful. I'm here. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I always say eyes and ears wide open, mouth hey, shut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's a part of the wisdom of becoming a career musician, I guess, right? So, right. I mean, we all, I, I had to get fired from gigs to learn. I had to learn the hard way. So don't get me wrong. It wasn't always been hadn't always been roses and all that stuff but you learn but that's that's why i'm still doing it man i'm here you know so amen to that man that is beautiful okay so then again on your website i i got a little sniff of what's going on here uh you know with uh, the frequency spot tell us about you know indiana and what you're doing and th- and it turns out that you're doing a very similar thing that we're doing here with the career musician you're you're giving back to the the up-and-coming generations so yes basically it man and you know that's why like part b how i said earlier i'm just recreating certain aspects of the music mafia that i really enjoyed so like the musicians that i use uh, i use the same dudes because uh, you know you gotta you learn the people you learn how to work with. it's it's a vibe thing right like making real heartfelt music is a vibe thing and everyone has to be cool in the room man. everybody it can be no no hang-ups and you know because it's really vulnerable to open up your heart as a musician and an artist and all that in a room a bunch of nobodies you know so i like to make people feel comfortable which is what the music mafia thing where we saw the same people all the time the same crew same you know, musicians, et cetera, et cetera, engineers, all that stuff. It really becomes a family. So trying to build a family and I want to treat them the same way I got treated back then. I want us knowledge. Definitely, you know, we're here to learn. If you're not ready to record, we don't record you. If you're not ready for the gig, you don't do a gig. You know, we teach you. We put you in guitar lessons, piano lessons, whatever your perspective instrument is, you know, Uh, vocal lessons, vocal health, you know, the frequency spot does stuff like, you know, mentioned health earlier, have a salt booth where you get into this booth where if the uh, client comes in from out of town, sinuses, it'll messed up. You can hear it in the microphone. It's like, you know what, pop in this booth for 20 minutes, dry things up, totally natural, healthy, come back on the mic, let's see if it cleans it up. Usually 100% of the time, man. You know, if, if you have allergies and stuff like that, uh, we do natural, holistic, like foot bath stuff and, you know, things that just relax the body, detox the body to really be able to perform, man, 100%, you know? 
Wow. And so that is actually, I have a studio uh, that, you know, your normal studio, three rooms and et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? But right next to the hallway next to me is uh, my wife runs the holistic side and, and, you know, we send the artists over there we do this. And then we teach people throughout the day. I work with the artists that I'm producing. Like a lot of them I haven't recorded yet because they're still in the learning phases, in my opinion. Right. You know? And yeah. some of them get mad, but it's like, cool, you can go do it your way. But if you want to be my way, it's the way we, you know, you came to me. So it's cool. You know? <laughs> but, I love that. So you're doing it the old school way. You're developing them, which is. There's no development. And man, I, I have to because, yeah. There, look, let me just put it to you this way, and I hate to sound like, you know, ungrateful, whatever, but go for it. But man, and I'm preaching the choir there, bro, because people, you know, after after doing it for so many years, and some people dream of having this gig, this killer gig, and some people want to fly in a private jet or, you know, whatever, whatever. Well, what happens when you've done those things? What's next? You know, because like I've pretty much, and this is where take a grain of salt, but I've, I've done everything I've really wanted to do, even, almost even musically. And I still want to learn. I, I still want to work with artists that have that hunger. Right. And I just don't see a lot of that these days. So like there really isn't a gig that I can go audition for right. or a gig that anyone can offer me that, I, that really has a criteria that I want. So I basically have to create my gig. So it's not that I'm unavailable. It's just I might not take your gig because it doesn't fit my criteria. But I very much do music all the time, every day, you know. So it's like no weekends here. Every day is a Saturday, man. You know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so it's true, cool. man. Yeah, so, but it's just... I just have to create my gig these days, man. So, like, I have a crew of people. I have a, a, a crew of artists that I work with. We're actually uh, doing a, some recordings here in October, top week of October in Indiana. Got an artist from Florida, one from a uh, two from Nashville, one from Georgia, and two from here in Indy. And see, this is where the music mafia thing comes in. So, all the artists actually kind of play something, right? So, basically, everybody's going to be on everybody's session, basically. You know, and then we're going to do it. We have a gig scheduled. Uh, it's the seventh <clears throat> here at this place called the Art Craft Theater in Franklin, Indiana, where we're going to do what we did here and just go play in front of some people and have a good old time and come back. You know, so we'll have a live recording of everything and a studio recording, basically doing like seven records in one week, you know, and video along with it. So it's just that's the way I want to work, man, at the pace I want to work because I don't like you know, tuning vocals for a year, man. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather actually, you know, have you in lessons for six months and then do the gig once. And do it know? right. That's right. Yeah. Amen yeah. to that. I yeah. personally, I despise tuning vocals. <laughs> <laughs> I, try, I try to outsource that to my, to my interns and apprentices. I'm like, nah, yeah. I ain't doing yeah. that. <laughs> and it's got to be done. I get it, man. I ain't knocking it. Just believe me, I ain't knocking it. But there, there's an engineer, because I draw inspiration from a lot of different people, but there's an engineer uh, uh, that's no longer with us, but you know, he, Thomas, um, dang it, well, I'm a, 
I'm dropping his name right now, but Tommy Dowd, mm. you know, he was the main engineer for like Atlantic Records. He he did Aretha, he did Coltrane, he did all that stuff. He invented flying faders. You know, he he's amazing dude, brilliant dude. Um, but he he was from the you know the tape era, wax to tape to um, digital. And I like how he put it, man. It's it's just a different art form. Like, so you either choose to work in the digital art form or you want to choose to work in the little tape art form or maybe you want to mix a couple different arts together, but he never knocked, like, you can't do this because you got to do it this way. It's like, no, maybe the music needs that particular kind of technology to make the song happen, so that's cool. But maybe sometimes you need the drummer just to play it once through with no mistakes also, you know? (laughs) So it's like... (laughs) You know, it's just a mixture of different art forms, I guess. But yeah, man, I'm I'm very much into trying to teach folks that want to learn what I have to teach. It's not for everybody, right? And that's right. cool. Right. Uh, so we're just growing. I'm growing my own little music mafia here in Indiana with a lot of association in Nashville. Still, I mean, we're doing the same show in Nashville. I record a lot in Nashville. So I guess for, and this is the crazy part, I guess, but, you know, man, it's preaching the choir again. Look at us here. Sometimes, uh, I hate to say it, but some of us cats and musicians, we just don't hang like we used to or whatever the case may be. We only see each other at the job or on the gig. Sometimes that may may be a year or two in between each other. I'm going back to Nashville this weekend, the gig, uh, and then the next week I got to go do a session. So it's not like, I may not live in Nashville, but I'm there like every other week or every week working, man. And it's like, you know, I guess when you're a musician, right, the world is is your home. The world is your stage. It, it call you anywhere from anywhere to do anything. So after a certain point, man, where does it matter? Why does it matter where you live? Why? Hence nomad, baby. There you we're, go, man. We're all modern day nomads as musicians. Come on. You got it. You called it, man. That's it. I just just took me a while to catch up to you, man. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what it doesn't matter, you know, at least for me where I'm at in Indy to Nashville, four and a half hours or so. Okay, I mean, that ain't nothing. Yeah, that's some people it's a lot. I do it in a day sometimes. Now I roll yep. early, I do my business, I get back in the car, I come home. It's all good, you know. Beautiful thing. I I love those drives, man. That's therapy, man. That's therapeutic yeah. time to be alone in the car. Yeah. You can think, you can plan, you can just you know listen to podcasts or or whatever. You know, just it, that's your alone time. I think that's yeah. great. Call Michael, you know. That's right. Talk to man. You know. That's right, man. That's it, man. It's all music, you know. My wife helps out now. You know the I got a kid. At eight going on nine and he, he was here jamming on the drums earlier so you know just the cycle continues man it's at some point i guess you're just too far in and you can't do anything else too so it's like <laughs> that's right <laughs> there's no point in turning back now bro well this is what we're doing man one form or another uh, you got to be adaptable i guess right just right, we're, we're lifers yeah. yeah man we're lifers man we'll be here even grayer beards now we'll be here <laughs> That's right. So where can we find this frequency spot? Do you, have, you guys have a website? Uh, not right now. Okay. Just, you know, my website at the moment. That okay. We've been up and running for like the last six months, but 
Beautiful. Quite honestly, I, I will uh, tell you in full disclosure because it's for um, the career musician, uh, I guess, folks to know. Yeah. I just chose to Nashville's always been kind of like a lab. Like, you know, you can be famous in Nashville, but no one ever hear about you outside of Nashville, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think that's also good if you're not ready. So some of these artists, I was like, you know, there's no reason to put out the website with this music and these demos and the way you got it now, because it just ain't together. Like you need to, if you want to say something, just wait till you're ready to say something. So I've chosen to and they have chosen to listen to my you know production idea and say let's develop and let's work and let's record so yes i meet with my artists regularly every week but is there anything out there yet they're not ready man they're not ready so it's like when i feel like we all feel like we have some magic to share Mm -hmm. you you'll see a whole lot of stuff come out at once because i've been capturing data for the last six to eight months ah, so i got it but you're just not gonna see it yet until i feel like it's ready to be seen and that's just the way we've chosen to do it you know so i love that man <laughs> well said brother well said well there you go yeah yeah all right so th this is killer i'm so excited for you and you know after the podcast i want to talk to you on a personal level maybe we could figure out a way to work together i think there might be some some well, you know it's going to happen man this yeah. is the first of many because it's just that's the ebb and flow of the music business ladies and gentlemen we you you always come back to the people that kick some serious butt and michael paul was one of them so why wouldn't we want to do something together, man? See, and Jerry Navarro, this coming from you, ditto right back at you, dude. Come on. It'd be you know fun, right? I mean, it's just, come on. Man, it's going to be a blast. That's right. what excites me. See, because we're not talking about what gig, how much. No, no. Nah. It should be the excitement of getting together with a bro or a sis that can just play and, and that connection should just spawn your love for what you do, your career musician I mean, that's really what drives me otherwise the business would drive you mad right but like i still love playing especially with the best of the best of the best so if i have to say no to some gigs to get to those gigs where i feel like the cats are a better caliber than i i i recommend some some cats man like i share the love i don't hide it you know i share it call this cat call this cat because then they end up calling me back and it's a reciprocal love kind of thing man i'm uh my best friends are bass players you know right <laughs> so, that's right you know and drummers <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i always i always uh, had this thing where it's like all my friends are drummers. I know so many drummers that I'm tight with, you know. It's like, and I think it's because I was always a very rhythmic kind of guitar player. Yeah. I always, I always yeah. liked playing rhythm, you know. So yeah, because anyway. yeah. you could. See, not everybody could. So you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, yeah. you know, I always like to ask all my guests this: um, How do you define success? Because you know, everybody has a different viewpoint of it. Yeah. Well, that's the answer, man. Everyone has a different viewpoint. Ah, look at that. <laughs> you are the quoting king. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you maybe just two examples. So 
I know of, of a lot of people in Nashville, Tennessee, and take this as an advertisement, musicians out there, if you ever think about moving to Nashville, if you want to, if this is your, like, your thing, uh, lower Broadway, you know, Broadway right now, man, like, seriously, you can play cover tunes from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning. It's like shift work, three, four hours, you know. A musician can walk away making a thousand dollars a day, you know, uh, just in tips and and uh, uh, you know the the club pay isn't that great, you know, forty fifty bucks, but it's it's a numbers game. You got to do like you got to be in the circuit, and a lot of cats are playing it six seven days a week to where they don't even want to leave their gig and go do a road gig anymore because road gigs paying two fifty three fifty, they're making a thousand dollars twelve hundred dollars a night playing cover tunes. You know, and probably playing the tunes that they were going to play with that artist that they got called for. And the band that's playing the Broadway gigs probably way better than the cats on the road because of the pay scale. Right. Mm. So you're not going to get the best cats on the road anymore. Um, so if I'm just using an example, if your dream is to play a lot of tunes and like show up to a gig like a job, from 10 a.m. to, say, 8 p.m. every day or, you know, four or five days a week. You can do that, Lower Broadway, and support a family. You really could, you know. Uh, that's, but that's it. Like, but I would I would say that, I mean, it could be, you could be a grocer, you know, you could be a gas station attendant, you could be whatever it is. Because any, any kind of job that, pays about the same i would say why is it any different than any other job you have to put in the same amount of hours or whatever but if that's your your dream then cool you've reached it right you've reached your dream so to those people that want that or are there i know cats that are there that will not do anything else man because they achieve they achieved mecca they're there they're they're making money they're playing the gig it's exciting man if you hadn't seen or, or seen Lower Broadway or heard about it in the last little while, it's like playing Vegas every night. Like wow. it's better than a multi-million dollar road gig that you know everyone has in years. Technology is ridiculous. Really? Lighting show, man. I'm the clubs do it to that level because it's Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, they had to bring it up. Yeah. They had to bring it, man. And as a result, like the city is into it. There's a lot of superstars that own a lot of the clubs, you know, Kid Rock has a club. I heard Justin Timberlake just invested in a club. I mean, you, you go up and down that whole place, every country music superstar, John Rich owns a club. You know, he was one of the music mafia people. So, it's like, you know, it's it's all music. You can do it if that's what you want. Cool, man. It's there. Nobody, but this, I actually did it, and it's not for me. Like I tried it. It's cool. You know, the money was cool. It's not for me. I, you know, what I'm doing now is what I'm trying to achieve is is uh, you know my mecca, so to speak. And it's weird, man, because I had it with the mafia, and then the real music business kind of was like I'm not into it after doing it for a while. And then I was like, now I'm, I'm since the real music business isn't going to offer me what I want, I just have to create it. So um, I feel like a college kid again, man. Like I'm on the search, I'm learning, I'm looking for the best cats. I'm playing, like playing, trying to play with the best cats. You know, that's yeah. why I said, like, dude, I, 
I get to play with you again. It was man, a pleasure, you know. So ditto, bro. I'm I'm like so I'm so excited that we reconnected. Okay, first of all, that was that was a wonderful uh, you know uh, paradigm on on that to to hold. So thank you for sharing once again. Uh, I I something else I I want to point out. You said I you know you feel like a college kid again. You feel like you're starting a whole new journey, and I can identify with that so much. I, I much like yourself, you know, I was with Babyface for 12 years. Yeah, man. And I was oh, a music wow. director for 10 of those 12 years. And wow. I learned so much at such a, a high level. Mm -hmm. And I learned about, like you said, the business and the inner workings, but I also learned about, you know, the sociology of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And man. that's the, yeah. the best part is when you get with people that you really enjoy being with and you know everybody has there's no ego right mm -hmm. absolutely man he's a great example this guy has had you know hundreds of hits and he's still writing on a daily basis to achieve more hits he, yeah. he never once said oh man i arrived that's it i'm, I'm done i'm cool I, I don't need to you know he never once said that yeah yeah and, and it's like okay so when you see that it gives you a new idea but uh, on the flip side Having done a lot of things and achieved a lot of things, like you said, it's almost like, well, we're kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to go play a gig with anybody right now. I want to do what I want to do, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I think that also is a, a very um, freeing headspace to be in, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, man. Maybe it comes with age. Maybe it comes with experience. But, yeah, it's like, um, that's why, seriously, I... I could be in a room with 20 other bass players and you're probably better than me, but what does it matter, man? It's like, it's my gig. You know? <laughs> That's so funny you say that because I have no desire to be like the best bebop player or the fastest shredder or the, you yeah. know, the hottest chicken picker. I'm just like, whatever. Like, do you? I do me. <laughs> Even though you are, you know. But <laughs> no, no. There's cats that can play circles, man. Like you said, you know, bro, come on. The, the the internet and social media, it brought out these monsters out of the woodwork. You you scroll through Instagram or YouTube and you're just like, how the hell did they do that? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people just ridiculous. This is great, man. That's That's great. I mean. Different spirits connect with different people, and that's you know right. that's there's so much out there for everybody. It's just, that's just right. support whoever you love, man. That's all there is to it, you know. Amen to that. I like that. That's your words words of wisdom. Would you would you add anything else to that? Support who you love. I like that. But uh, I mean, you've dropped a lot of wisdom. <laughs> oh, seriously, you have. You have. Man, that's that's just it. I mean, if it's wisdom, it's just getting our butts kicked in the music business so i'm just telling you like it is right this is the this is what happens to you this is what you might say at 45 years old yeah. if you lived in nashville tennessee and got to work at that level right whatever that means and you know that's working for labels and doing label records and getting paid like that and treated whatever i mean you know i don't know it's a broken record here i'm sounding like a broken record but it's once you do it, man, you, you're grateful. It's cool, you know? And I think at this point, it is back at the teaching thing, you know? It's like, well, I mean, I had mentors. I start thinking about it. A lot of the guys that were 
the cats are, had passed on, man. You might remember, maybe you might remember some of these people like uh, Jackie Street was a bass player in oh, Nashville. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. the cat that was super, super cool. Like, wow. he was always helpful getting me gigs, you know? Wow, what a sweetheart. Um, yeah, yeah. Remember this, that cat, Chris Kent? Chris Good. Kent, I was just going to say, I know. Yeah. Oh, man. Another, you know, fellow that passed away too early, man. Funky, funky bass player, oh, but... Man. This was the Nashville at the time where, like, those guys, you know, Chris Kent, Jerry, I, I got three gigs tonight and two sessions. Can you set up my rig at this club and that club? Play my first set over here because I'm going to be late from there and boom, boom, boom. And that's how I kind of got into, like, well, Chris ain't going to make this gig tonight, Jerry, so you just finish it, you know. It's just wow. I did that with for Victor, like, once or twice, man, believe it or not. Victor wow. Wooten, a, a sub, not sub, but that was his stagehand we did a few gigs in atlanta and uh, other it was like a georgia tour i got to meet kurt story you know his sound guy now all that stuff so this you just never know man right i went out there to carry gear yeah play carry whatever just do it all man say, say yes to everything <laughs> and the world is your oyster opportunity yeah. will find you right yeah man it will find you just enjoy it so i said don't blink enjoy it say yes do it with a grateful heart you know and uh. And uh, if you don't like it, speak up, man. You know, speak up. Be nice about it if you can. Right. If not, walk away, man. <laughs> right. No, that's right. And, and you're right because I had to learn that too. A couple times I spoke up in, in a nasty way and I got my to. ass handed to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how you learn. That's where the wisdom comes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that had happened to me too. So, yeah. I was that guy where, you know, the label was like, hey, we can call a cat this session in about an hour you, you either do it or you don't you know yeah, like, yeah okay <laughs> i'll do it <laughs> that's anyway, right it's all, all right, good you, man. you ready for some rapid fire questions yeah yeah let's try that all right here we go all right we're gonna go fast though hey let me get my drink yeah get on think fast on your toes get the, okay. get the proverbial you know shoulder rub like you're a boxer here we go you ready we're going in <laughs> I'm ready, man. I'm ready. <laughs> top three artists in your playlist oh man that'd be sly stone that'd be uh dang aretha franklin and good old right now i'm listening to brad meldow love it drink of choice red wine friends would say you are crazy I love that one. Last concert you attended but did not work. Dave Matthews Band. Favorite food? Mexican food. Instrument you wish you played? Piano. Song or band that changed your life? Ooh, man. Song or band. Really quick. Tower of Power. Favorite city? Oxnard, California. Ah, dream collaboration. You've collaborated with a lot of greats, but what's a dream yeah. one? Uh, me, you, and Bootsy Collins. Oh, damn, that's going to be so funky. <laughs> and I just interviewed I just interviewed Joseph Wooten, so we got to add him to the mix. <laughs> no problem. I just texted him two days ago. He was just here in Indy. So, yeah, yeah. No, see, we can make it happen, man. There you go. There you go. Hidden talents. Oh, man, I'm a good cook. Ah, last movie you saw in the theater. Ooh, that would be Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. Name three <laughs> tour essentials. Three tour essentials? Nope, can't leave home without it. Okay. Cash, um, extra clothes, oh. 
and some ibuprofen. Good ones. Electric or acoustic? Acoustic, in case power goes down. <laughs> Love that. As entertainers, we entertain all the time, but what entertains you, my friend? Uh, time with my family. And Peace. I love that. Finally, the proverbial drum roll here, right? All right. What would you do if you weren't a career musician? Ooh, if I wasn't a career musician, I would be a pilot. You know what? You would be the most fun pilot. Because you, I could picture it right now. You'd be talking to the passengers all the time. You know, all right, folks, we're coming around the bend on the Ventura Coast over here. You can see the little house where I grew up. Say, wait, everybody wave hi to my mom. <laughs> He's out there cooking some tri-tip right now. You see the smoke? That's my house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I actually started taking flying lessons for a long when I was a kid. I actually got too expensive or it was going to be, you know, like base lessons. And I did that, but I still fly like RC planes and helicopters because flying is a, the other passion that I do, I guess, secretly, I guess I should have said that, but you know, I don't get all the time in the world to do it, but it is something that I, I've done just about as long as I've played music, man, it's flying. So I love flying. Yeah. That's killer. Maybe you can help uh, squelch this thing for me, man. I hate turbulence. What's your take on turbulence, bro? Well, you're not going to die from it. And that's one thing, you know. And the other thing is just get a private jet, man. You get there quicker. <laughs> that is the best. See, that's another quotable piece. I love that's the best answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just really quick, like, you'd be surprised because you. I've done the numbers, like, I'll just throw them out there really quick. So if you're putting a tour together, blah, 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 yeah. you might have six cats in the band, two crew, whatever. You're buying a bunch of tickets. You, you know, you look, you're spending 40 G's, right? For those of you who don't know, because I priced it, you could get a private jet timeshare, uh, 10 G's each way, but that's 20 G's, so that's half. And you can fly as many people that the plane will hold. So essentially, you could, if you did your due diligence and your business right, you could afford to look flashier uh sleep in your own bed and and make more money because you're saving money because you're not giving southwest four or five hundred dollars a dude you know each way and connections and whatever so yeah it's it has nothing to do with music but if you sit down and do the math you could probably book yourself a private jet you know and, and i actually do that all the time like i do that for myself if i think i'm gonna fly with four or five people, I just say, well, how much money will, would we spend on buying tickets? So do, 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 do. Well, let's find a private you know, carrier really quick. And man, honestly, more than likely, you will find a private carrier that is willing to negotiate with you and take your, yeah, you got you got four Gs. Yeah, I'll fly you to Georgia, whatever. No problem. To and from. Like, it's like cool. Yeah. <laughs> wisdom, right? No, that's wisdom. And that has everything to do with business, music because it's the business side of music. And it's 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 use it's working smart, not hard. Yeah, Brilliant. we make more money, and then we can play more together. And then there's more food at the session, more red wine. And alas, I like to roll, man. You know, it's a it's a it's a controlled party. We're trying to release the spirit of goodness, man. You know, everyone's got to be fed. Always, everyone's got to feel good. Right. Everyone's got to feel like they're welcome. I mean, what gig you know is going to give you all those? parameters without you making it you know yourself so to speak so that's kind of 
I probably were we're both. I mean, look at you, man. You, you call me the, this thing you made, you put together. You've been doing this for a while now, right? How many years you've been doing this, man? Well, I started it seven years ago, but kind of unofficially. I was wow. still on the road yeah. with Face, and I was interviewing people while on the road on my iPhone, literally. You know, like I got, an, I got an episode that I interviewed Dougie Fresh backstage one night. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, or I would be on a film session. Like I did a film session with John Powell, Ooh, composer nice. out here. For uh, Ferdinand, the the animated movie about the bull, and yeah. I'm like, hey John, we took a look. Now John's place in Pacific Palisades, his studio is incredible, Five Cat Studios. But uh, I'd be like, you know, I said, hey John, uh, you know, we're taking a lunch break. Like we would take an hour lunch break every time I work with him, and he has chefs that cook fresh lunch. It's like, you know, my, like everything you're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were sitting there. It was me and two other guitarists here in LA, like world renowned, amazing flamenco guys, and. I was just gracious enough to be in that little guitar trio for that day. So it was just the four of us. Wow. I said, hey, John, do you mind if I just, you know, ask a few questions for the podcast? And literally I record, not at all, man. So it's like, you know, so that's how I started it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, roughly two years ago, we got serious. And we're going to hit 150 episodes by this uh, New Year's. Wow, man. Okay. Nice. Well, congrats. There you go, man. It's the way oh, you do it. Thank you. I am good. so glad that you are part of it. And I can't wait to figure out ways that we can work together. So oh, we'll make it happen, man. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Jerry Navarro. Woohoo. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.